your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. Welcome inside episode 313 of the Locked On Senators podcast. I'm Ross Levitan in the heart of enemy territory, downtown Toronto, alongside Brandon Pillar up in Collingwood. Today's episode is brought to you by The Locker Room. Download The Locker Room app and join Pillsy and I this Sunday morning at 10 a.m. to get in on the conversation. It's interactive radio, Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. Well, It's time for the Ottawa Senators to leave it all on the line. The finale of a condensed 56-game season and one that we initially called the longest condensed season ever. And now we just don't want it to end because the Ottawa Senators are 9-3-1 since the trade deadline. But what better way to go out than putting doubt into the minds of the Maple Leafs heading into round one. That's right. Freddie Anderson will be in goal for Toronto. His first action in two months. You'll remember he was in goal when Ottawa erased a 5-1 deficit earlier this year. So it's going to be a great game for Ottawa. Empty your accounts at Bet Online and let's ride with the Senators. If it's anything like Belleville, they keep winning. We'll break down not only another win from Mad Sogard. Ho-hum, he's 4-0 in his AHL career. But a guest of this show, Ridley Gregg, gets his first American Hockey League goal. Packed show. We also have Andy Morrissey, the mastermind behind the plan to serenade Tim Stutzla with hats. We get the background of that, some insight into Brady Kachuk and Mark Stone, and a whole lot more. This is the Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day. Wednesday, May 12th, and Pillsy, I'm trying to smile, but I also want to cry. The 2021 NHL season, regular season concludes, and that's all she wrote for your Ottawa Senators. I know. we. It's funny you mentioned in the intro, we were saying at the start of the season, this is the longest short season ever, and now... I would love another 20 games or so because this team is firing on all cylinders. There's good stories out there everywhere about the boys. Uh, new players are getting opportunities. The young guys. This this team is just so exciting and fun. It seems a shame to cut it short here. Let's start with those lineup changes, Pilsy, because Logan Brown will make his season debut. Parker Kelly will make his NHL debut. And it's at the expense of two healthy veterans Ryan Dezingle and Chris Tierney underwhelming no doubt especially since the trade deadline everyone else has been producing and elevating their game those two guys have not what does that tell you about DJ Smith not worrying so much about feelings but about putting the best line forward I think uh, this actually might be coming from uh, upper management, Ross. This might be a Pierre Dorian decision. And I'm sure DJ Smith was in agreement with him. I'm sure he didn't have to fight too hard to say, no, I need Dezingle and Tierney in this lineup for our team to win. But yeah, like you said, those guys not have not been great since the trade deadline. And for Ryan Dezingle, part of me is wondering, Ross, that he was just hot up until the trade deadline, hoping to get traded and get a new opportunity. Then that didn't happen. And he's like, well... 
this, I, I see where this is going. And now the writing is officially on the wall in pen that uh, Tierney probably not in favor with the organization and Dezingle likely is gone. Chris Tierney still signed next year, 4.2 million in real money. So this is going to be an interesting storyline to follow in the off season. I want to take us to Twitter and Trevor Shackles, a Sen Central citizen. He tweeted out the splits of Dezingle's tenure in Ottawa. First 14 games, six goals, two assists, 25 shots. In his next 15 games, no goals, one assist, 14 shots. So for me, he's a guy you move on. He's been passed on the depth chart, not by one, not by two, but probably by three or more guys. Alex Formanton playing the most similar style, and he's never playing a game in Belleville once again because he is just, it brings that separating speed but has you know more, more room to grow than a guy like Ryan Dezingle. But another interesting lineup note, and we'll hit the lines in just a minute, but Artem Anisimov in what we all expect to be his final game in Ottawa, I bet that went over well in the locker room, that he will replace an injured Colin White to go out with a proper send-off. And I think that underrated might be a, a difficult word to use here, but I don't think that he should be the butt of the joke as some fans make him out. He was still a pretty consistent producer in his lesser role. Yeah, I've got no beef with Artie at all. And I mean, he's given us some good moments too. You got to give him that. But bold move by DJ Ross uh, dressing the Eba goalie. What if there's two injuries and you can't get Artie in the net now? You're in trouble. I, they're, they're maybe they'll go to Ryan Dezingle for that one. Not uh, the size, not really what you want, though. But, yeah, good on Artie. I think he he deserves a chance to have a final game here. Maybe a, a bit of a nice gesture, a tip of the hat to the veteran experience he's had. And he's been a he's been a team guy. Like, it's it must be tough for someone with a professional pedigree like him to have to sit out this many games and be stuck on the sidelines for most of it. And Look, he's lined up with his comrade, Evgeny yep. Dadanov. When you get those two Russians together, they seem to make magic. So I, I like the idea. And hopefully, like, that'll give Dadanov a boost heading into next season because that's a guy that needs some positive momentum as well. Another storyline to follow this offseason. But when it comes to Artie and the party that he brings often, I think it's overshadowed that since he joined the team at the start of the 2019 season, there's only five players in the Senators lineup that had more points per 60 minutes of ice time. Anthony Duclair, Tyler Ennis, Connor Brown, Tim Stutzla, and Brady Kachuk. That's it. He's ahead of names like Dadanov, Norris, Pajot, Colin White, Drake Batherson, all those guys. So he did bring a level not only of professionalism as a 10-plus year NHL veteran, but he had that overtime game winner when I was in the building against Dallas, a little backhand cheese on a breakaway over Kudobin, another one of his comrades. And I just think that he shouldn't be looked upon the way, you know, some other guys that came in and out, you know, your Paquettes, your Dumonts. I think that he did bring another level to that. And you gave up a veteran, you know, a great character guy in Zach Smith who injuries played a role. And Zach Smith hasn't played at all this year due to lingering injury. So from that standpoint, you kind of won the trade. You had less term on it. Zach Smith still signed for next year. So Artem Anisimov, it's, I think it's great that he's going to get a proper send-off. Will I miss seeing him on the second power play unit? No, but he did bring that veteran stability to the team. And I am excited that he does get this opportunity for a proper goodbye. So Pilsy, the game day lineup tonight for the final game, we're going to compare it in a moment 
to the first game of the regular season. But do you want to run through it for us, today's lineup? Yeah, this is a fun lineup, Ross. And it's the last game of the season in a meaningless game for the Sens. So why not showcase some guys, see what they got? So top line, you already know, Kachuk, Norris, Batherson, obviously. That's the only line consistent between game one and game 56. Did they play the whole season? Of course not. But when you put the two contrasting, it's kind of interesting to see that that's the only constant. Yeah, and I mean, they've worked real hard to earn that respect and to earn the privilege to play with each other on the top line. So that's great for them. Now the unofficial second line of the Senators, which has really exploded the past couple weeks, is Stutzla, Pinto, and Connor Brown. I love that as a second line. The third line, Nick Paul, Anisimov, and Dadanov. That's great too. And this fourth line is going to be so much fun to watch, Ross. I... This might be like, I think each player is put into position to succeed on this fourth line. You got Alex Formanton, who is already playing uh, a good role in the NHL. He's kind of acclimatized to what he's supposed to do in this lineup. Logan Brown, we we thought he was going to spend a lot more time in the NHL, but better late than never, I guess. The final game of the season, we're going to get to see him center the fourth line and then Parker Kelly. So you've got speed and skill in Formanton. You've got size and vision in Brown. And then you've got a hardworking attitude, a guy that plays well away from the puck in Parker Kelly. So that fourth line is great. The decor stays the same. Mette Zaitsev, Branstrom Zub, all sing Bernard Docker. And you got Philly franchise in net. So I really think that this team is set up to win tonight, especially up against a Leafs team that probably is going to be entitled and not play very much and just kind of hang around. Whereas this sense team is fighting to have some pride to go into next season. And Brady's comments after that Flames game, I think they tell you what they plan on doing coming out tonight. I have a sneaky suspicion this game will find its way into Pilsy's parlay of the day that we'll get to later. But let's contrast that. Like game one of the season, there was a lot to be said. And credit to Creech, Graham Creech at TSN 1200. He posted his notes app from game one to game 56. And injuries did play a role. I mean, Austin Watson would be in tonight's lineup if he were healthy. Same with Shabbat. No doubt about that. But still, you compare it. And like outside of Norris, Kachuk Batherson, Oh, didn't think I'd be saying this name, but Derek Stepan was the centerman between Dadanov and Stutzla. Tierney between Paul and Connor Brown. Anisimov between Paquette and Waston. Game one, defense. Shabbat, Gabranson, Willan and Zaitsev, Coburn and Brown with Murray in net. We should mention, Ottawa won that game. Can you tell me who it was against, Pilsy? the Toronto Maple Leafs. So like, look at, look at that line lineup. And then look at this lineup. I, I would say it's much improved even with injuries. Like, okay, the sh- no Shabbat, that's definitely a massive loss. And that's kind of where uh, maybe I would hesitate to say it's a better lineup, but the young guys that have replaced those veterans are, I would almost say twofold uh, better to help this team succeed than those guys were. And all, all these young guys are hungry. Like the competition is clearly there amongst the prospects. Like the guy, guy like Parker Kelly, this might be your only chance to really show yourself in the NHL because there's a lot of guys ahead of you and who knows what the off season will bring. So this is a big game for a guy like Parker Kelly and Logan Brown I don't want to say your career can hinge on this, but if you don't have a good showing in this game and Ottawa kind of lets you go by the wayside, that's going to alter your entire career trajectory. So very interesting to see what these kids can do in their NHL season debut. I hope that fourth line gets more than five or six minutes and really a chance to 
get their feet under them in an important game. We'll have a full preview at the end of today's show. Freddie Anderson starts in goal for the Leafs. It's his first action in nearly two months. In 17 career games against Ottawa, he has an 887 save percentage. So the sample size is there. The results, certainly not if you don't cheer for the Senators. All that being said, well, the Senator season might conclude tonight, Pilsy, but there are players on their way to represent their country in the World Championships. We have some of those answers we'll share with you once we finish telling you about Locker Room because Locker Room is a live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and use. You can talk to Pilsy and I, other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. Locker Room is awesome. You can start or join ongoing conversations. You can watch games together. You can react to breaking news, rumors, games. You can also join us every weekend. We're in the locker room doing a state of the sense. This time it'll be more of a season wrap up. And all you need to do is download the locker room app free in the iOS app store. And it's on Android now. So get on locker room, create a profile, link your Twitter account and join the NHL group. Follow me at Ross Levitan at Brandon Pillar, and be notified when we go live. This weekend, it will be Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Come with your spiciest takes. And to keep you powered up until that locker room chat for the rest of the week, it's nice weather out, guys, so get outside and uh, get some activities going. And when you're doing that, you want to make sure that you've got your protein in you. And what better way to do that than have a Built Bar? Let me tell you about Built Bar. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. You don't have to make a decision. Do I want to eat healthy and not really enjoy what I'm eating? Or do I want to eat poorly and just love it? Well, Built Bar combines those two together because it's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. 16 amazing flavors. All of them are amazing. Eight chocolate with nut flavors. Eight chocolate nut-free flavors. And guys, if you love chocolate, all of their bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. The texture is probably my favorite part about Built Bars because some of these other protein bars, they don't have the texture, right? It's hard. Like you, you got to eat it with a fork and knife sometimes, not Built Bar. And what they're doing right now is a really fun promotion. I got in on this, so you should as well. It's called the Over Under Sale. And no, this is not a gambling uh, segment for betonline.ag. The Over Under Factory Second Sale. So Maybe some of the Built Bars had a little extra chocolate on them, maybe a little extra protein in them. They're not exactly the way they wanted. So they're putting all the factory second sales together and you can get them for a great price. That's what I did. I jumped all over this opportunity. I don't care what my Built Bar looks like as long as the texture is great, the flavor is great and the health benefits are there and you can get that. But you better hurry quick. Go to BuiltBar.com and check their over-under sale. There's only two flavors left of Factory Seconds, and they're good flavors too, though. Peanut butter brownie and coconut almond. So go get those today at BuiltBar.com. And when you want to go to BuiltBar.com and get your Built Bars, we got a little treat for you. Since you're a listener of the Locked On Senators podcast, go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get, guess what? 15% off your next order. So you're already saving money on the factory seconds. Then you're going to get 15% off and you're going to enjoy your built bars. So guys, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, go to builtbar.com and use promo code lock 15 to get 15% off 
your next order. Make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Senators podcast wherever you download yours, whether it's Spotify, Apple, Google Play, you name it, we're on it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Send Central and on Instagram, LockedOn.Senators. We had a great chat with Tony Ferrari yesterday talking draft. There'll certainly be plenty more draft coverage as we near the draft lottery on June 2nd, all the way through the draft in late July. We're your daily home for Ottawa and Belleville Senators content. Pilsy, why not jump right in before we get to the World Championships? The Belleville Senators improved to 4-0 in the Mad Sogard era, we'll call it. And Troy Mann seemingly impressed, saying he could be the real deal. Is that your main standout from last night's shootout win over the Manitoba Moose? Hashtag goalie-friendly show. And uh, when your standout is as big as Mad Sogard is, it's hard to miss. So The that, Great Dane. The Great Dane. The Dane is taking over that crease. And it's unfortunate. Troy Mann talked about it, too. He wanted to get Mandelise in for a couple more games because it's been a really unfortunate season for Mandelise. Like, he was slated to start in Brampton. You know, that was the perfect spot for him. Obviously, unfortunately, the Brampton Beast weren't able to continue through COVID. So that team has folded. So that's not an option. Then he was the third goalie in Belleville. And then there was injuries and he was on the taxi squad. He never really got an opportunity to get in. But when a guy like Mad Sogard's playing like he is, there's not a chance a coach has taken him out of the net. And he stole that game for your Belleville Senators. Like, look at the shots alone, Ross. Outshot 40-29, to and they end up winning it in a shootout coming back for the win. So that's an incredible game. He had to make an amazing save. Uh, A guy was in all alone, and in the shootout, the stretch, like the stretch and the reach that this guy has is absolutely incredible. I'm so fired up for Mad Sogard, and I'm so glad that he was able to get to Belleville in time to get a couple games in after his season in Denmark. 37 saves, Pilsy, and all the goals against were in the first half of the game. First two periods, I should say, but he locked it down in the third period, although Belleville did outshoot Manitoba 10-6 in the final frame, which is very different than how this season's been going. They've been getting blown out in third periods, but not last night because Riddler's in the lineup. Ridley Gregg scores his first American Hockey League goal two minutes into the third period to bring it to a one-goal game. Cole Castles ties it up. Vitalia Bramov had a goal and an assist in this one as well. And it was Robbie Arventi who made his AHL debut, took a hooking penalty, but you expect him to just need one to get his feet underneath him, right? Ridley Gregg did just that in the previous game on Friday. And then he's the third star in last night's game. So not only did he score and the seas kind of parted for him, he got the puck at the blue line. He just went right down main street and ripped a wrister right past the Manitoba goalie. I believe it was Mikel Berdine who was in net for Manitoba, but Mad Sogard stole the show. That's why who cares who's in net for the other team, because this was the great Dane at his best. And you really see the future getting brighter and brighter. And like, we haven't seen Marilinen yet. I don't know if Marilinen's games are even on TV yet, but we know that down the road, he could be an option as well, which lends to your point. Like it sucks. Cause I know we love Joey Decord and Philly franchise is making huge strides. But if you lose one of those, the fact that there's so many more guys in the pipeline, just make it that much more impressive. What What's more impressive than the Sens goalie pipeline though, whose shootout attempt was better. Abramov or Sokolov, both scoring to get the Belleville Sens a victory. 
both absolutely nasty and both kind of on brand for both players, right? Sokolov just weaving in and out like a shark and then just attacks. Igor Silverberg with that move, the no move. Just go in and just know that your shot is more than the goalie can handle. And that's that's how he beat him. Yep. I mean, why would you do anything else when you're the leading goal scorer on your team in a rookie season? Like, you know what got you there. So continue to lean on that. And then Abramov, this is a guy who's like, I... I want to make a bit of a mockery of the AHL. I want to be in the NHL. So I'm just going to do the silkiest, smoothest shootout goal. And, and that's what he did. So he's really making a name for himself coming back down. And that was a fun win for Belleville. That's, that's classic Belleville senators down, down big, looks like they're out. And then somehow they managed to make it all the way back and get the W in the end. So you gotta love it. As the senators wrap with Ottawa finishing their season after tonight's game, which we'll still have a full preview, and we still have to get to Andy Morrissey for the backstory of the Stutzla backyard hat trick ceremony, which was just awesome. Great conversation coming up with Andy with Belleville. They play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday this weekend, so there's plenty more B-Sends action, and you expect that not only will Parker Kelly and Logan Brown return, but Alex Formanton, I believe, is eligible to play for Belleville down the stretch. So we'll see if they put him in a situation like that again. Uh, JBD will not be eligible, nor is Shane Pinto. But Ole Alsing, another guy who could go down and help out. So still plenty more to come for the B-Sens. They have five games remaining. How would you credit Yarventi's game last night? Is it just a typical get-your-feet-wet type performance? Yeah, and I think if you read Troy Mann's comments, it's it's pretty grounding. Like, you got to have tempered expectations here. Like, this guy's coming over from Finland. He had to quarantine, hasn't skated in a while. New new ice style, new game, new teammates. Everything's new. So, I, I don't have a lot of expectations. More This is more learning experience than, like, oh, let's make sure Robbie Arventi gets a bunch of goals. It's just, hey... This is this is what you're getting yourself into. So let's see if you can handle it. Let's see what things you need to work on, and we'll build on it in the offseason. Next season, I have some expectations for Robbie Arventi, and I think he can be a major performer if he is in Belleville. So excited for the future. And in the immediate future, we're also getting the World Championships. And Canada's roster, I believe it was leaked. So take it maybe with a grain of salt. We don't have any official confirmation, but Connor Brown and Nick Paul will both represent Canada. Nick Paul, you might remember, played a decent role on one of the best world junior teams in recent memory. 2015 with McDavid and all that, he was a solid contributor. All right, we should call it Curtis Lazar's team, right? He was the captain of that squad that won gold with Anthony Duclair on that team as well. So it'll be great to see him get another opportunity to wear the Maple Leaf. And I believe this is Connor Brown's first time representing Canada at any level. And that just again, exemplifies the growth in Connor Brown's game. So stick taps to both of those guys for representing Canada. We also have a Russian going, and it's a bit of a surprise because Artem Zub doesn't have a contract right now. He's an RFA. Are you surprised that he's taking that risk of injury and all that to go over? I am a little surprised. I'm not going to lie because Brady made it pretty clear. Like, I'm an RFA. I don't have a contract. I'm not going. Like, it was very blunt and there was no oh maybe he'll open it up later no he's not going and that's fine that's his right I don't blame him at all for that so but with Artem Zub this is interesting because I'm going to try to spin this in a positive way I'm spinning this and it may may not be true but um, I'm spinning it in a way that he's confident they're going to work something out 
He's shown the Sens what they can do. They need his style of play on the right side. They need a guy with, yes, only one NHL uh, season under his belt, but he's got a ton of KHL experience and an Olympic gold medal to show for it. So this is a guy I think the Sens are coveting. And I'm going to spin it in a positive way, saying that he's going because he's confident they're going to work things out. All right. We're going to find out about Nikita Zaitsev later today, a guy who's missed practices for maintenance days. He leads the Senators in block shots. You think it might be a situation where he needs to recover rather than keep going. But again, especially with Russians, it seems like there's this sense of pride where they'll go whenever they have the opportunity. We have, though, this year seen it was strange. The Rangers said no to allowing Shosturkin or Gorgiev to go play for Russia. So I wonder if maybe the Sens feel that way. I doubt it. I think that we should expect Zaitsev to be there. And we're still waiting with bated breath for Team USA's roster to come out. We know Jack Capuano, the Sens associate coach, will be the head coach of that team. What we do know is that Quinn Hughes has declined an invitation, which opens up a spot on the left side of the defense. If Jake Sanderson goes, we're your number one home to stay on top of that. I don't care if the games are 4 a.m. Eastern. The tournament is happening in Latvia beginning, I believe, May 25th. Could be a day or two earlier than that. And we're going to be locked on to Jake Sanderson as a guest of this show. We have to show him that type of respect back. And for all you fans out there to keep track of how he's doing, hopefully, in his first appearances against men. No, Not college kids anymore. But what do you think of Team Canada's roster, Pilsy? Because it seems like the stars have all politely declined. Yeah, it's a little underwhelming if I'm being completely honest. I mean, let's be real here. Connor Brown is top three, if not one of the best players on this team, especially statistically this season. So he has a chance to play a big role here. And I think that's great for a guy like Connor Brown, especially he, him and Nick Paul, actually both good examples of this season, um, kind of talking about how they really wanted to boost their self-confidence and believe in themselves more. So hell yeah, believe in yourself. Now go lead team Canada to, to some success in an international stage. I love that for those two guys. I'm also believing in myself more and more. Maybe it's just because I've been betting on the Senators during this win streak. You can too. They're 9-3-1 and one since the trade deadline. They've been favored in exactly one of those games. So hop on the wagon before Vegas figures it out. Go to betonline.ag. I'm riding with the Sens tonight in the season finale, and you can too. Just go and create your account at betonline.ag, and when you do, put in the promo code Locked On. And automatically, bingo, bango, bongo, you get a 50% welcome bonus. Put in $200. That's $100 right in your account. Put in $100. That's $50 free play dollars. But to earn it, you have to win it. And that is where Pilsy's parlay of the day comes in for a season finale edition. I'm sad, but we still got playoffs. And that just means the stakes are that much higher. Oh, yeah. And so it's it's been a cold way to end the season for me. But now... I'm sticking with what I know. As far as I know, I got the blinders on, Ross. There is no other NHL action tonight. I could care less about any other game going on. So my parlay is going to be involved in one game only, and that is the Battle of Ontario. And it's going to be a doozy. So, of course, we're hitting the Sens money line. BetOnline.ag has it at plus 152. So hit the money line and... Freddie Laleem is in net, guys. So I think the over might hit here at six and a half. So I'm hitting that over as well. It's plus 109. So sends money line over of six and a half. And 
We're a little extra confident here. Normally my unit is $10. We're doubling down, Ross. We're doing a $20 parlay. Put 20 bucks in to win $85.34. That's Pillsy's parlay of the day. Go, Sens, go. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get into the action and don't forget the promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. It's Bet Online, your online sports book experts. And while it's fun to wager money, it's also great to invest money. And that's where Wealthfront comes in because Wealthfront can create you a portfolio of globally diverse, low cost index funds personalized for you in just minutes. No manual trades, no picking stocks, no watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. All you need is $500 to get started, grow your wealth the easy way, and let Wealthfront do the work for you. To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. That's W E A. L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. All right, Pilsy, a little something different in a packed Wednesday show here on Locked On Senators, but we couldn't allow the moment by. We had to get the background story of the viral moment from Monday. Pilsy, how awesome was it? to catch up with not only Andy Morrissey, but we can also call him Brady Kachuk's neighbor. Yeah, it was so awesome. And and these are the kind of fun stories that make uh, doing a Daily Sends podcast refreshing and fun, right? Like, obviously, we talk about hockey all day, every day, and we have reporters, scouts, all these people, players, everyone on the show. But when you get just your, your community people, family man like Andy, and uh, they kind of put together this whole viral video and it, and it's funny he just he just wanted to do it as a simple act of kindness right like he's not being like oh i hope i get a thousand views on twitter or something like he's just doing something fun for his kid on on an afternoon and the whole neighborhood enjoyed it the boys enjoyed it uh, jimmy uh, brady and josh so it was great to talk to him and you can tell that those three guys in minor small things you know going out playing hockey saying hello when they're on walks it really makes a difference in their community. So you love to see that from three young leaders of this group. Without further ado, here's our chat with Andy Morrissey. All right, we now welcome a very special guest. He was the mastermind behind Monday's amazing plan that saw more than a dozen neighborhood kids serenade sends rookie Tim Stutzla with upwards of 100 hats following his first NHL hat trick. It's a pleasure to welcome Andy Morrissey the Locked On Senators. How you doing today, Andy? I'm uh, doing pretty good. It's been, a, it's been a pretty fun 36 hours. Did you ever think it would explode the way that the whole situation has? We're going to dive into it, but that's my first question. Uh, not uh, in this was not uh, <laughs> this was not part of the plan, I got to tell you. <laughs> 
So you have two young sons, Matthew and Nicholas, and they Correct. have a bit of a relationship with Brady before you, your backyard neighbors with, I guess we'll call it Mark Stone's house, but Brady's been living there over the last couple of years, just to turn the clock back even further. What was your first interaction like when meeting Brady? So he lived with Mark, right? He lived with Mark uh, in his first year in the league. So we met him then, uh, but we didn't, we didn't interact with him a ton as it was, if you remember Mark's last, uh, last year here, it was an interesting year for the Sens. Uh, and I think Brady was, you know, the new guy and was just sort of keeping quiet and learning the ropes. Right. So, you know, we sort of hi, you know, how are you? But, but this year he moved in and, uh, so Brady, uh, Norris and, uh, Colin White, came in in October and quarantined in that house. So they were, they were shut in there for 14 days and we would talk to them over the back of the fence because, well, I don't think they had anyone else to talk to really. And we made them some barbecue one night because, you know, three 20 something year old dudes in a house, probably not eating vegetables and, you know, anything other than pizza, but maybe NHL players are different. But then one night over the fence, Brady said to us, hey, boys, talking to Matthew and Nikki, said, hey, boys, when we're out of quarantine, we're coming over to play, coming over to play hockey. And so, you know what? Yeah. okay, sure. All right. Yeah, whatever. And uh, thanks, you know, and not really expecting them to follow up. Right. Because they're NHL superstars and, you know, that's not necessarily what they do. Well, turns out we were wrong. On the whatever day they get out of the quarantine, their 14th, the, you know, in the afternoon of their 14th day on the knock, knock, knock on the door. And can Matthew and Nikki come out and play floor hockey? And my wife, you know, I was doing something and my wife's like, two NHL superstars just asked me if the kids could go out and play floor hockey with them. Uh, so, you know, that was, uh, that was the introduction. So we went out there and what the kids were playing and, you know, it wasn't like a five minute kind of thing. It was like it was a half an hour. And I, truthfully, I think Josh and Brady were just having fun. You know, they, they've been locked in a house with each other and they were just happy to mess around and be outside. And, and, uh, you know, it's sort of gone from there. Yeah, that's, that's so awesome. You love to hear those kinds of stories. And I bet uh, if, if we know Brady, he probably had that day where he got out of quarantine circled and on the calendar is like big match up against Matt and Nikki, <laughs> uh, right. neighbors next door. And he's got a game plan written up and he's working on the drawing board and all that. But so you've got to see Brady for a couple of years as he's lived there. What can you tell us about not just him as a superstar on the ice, obviously, but just, just a young man being a role model in the community and even more specifically in your own backyard like what are what are some other things that uh, you can say about Brady well it's interesting because I've had a few other interviews uh, about this but no one's actually played the stuff that I that I had mentioned about it so I think you guys I think this is a great opportunity to really uh, articulate how impressive they are they're really impressive young men I mean I think Brady's what 22 21 22 21. 21 josh just turned 22 and jimmy's 19 and i can tell you that between the ages of 19 and 22 i was raging idiot you know like i was no i was not focused on anything but the bar and 
you know, uh, frisbees and, you know, hanging out, uh, maybe a little schoolwork here and there, but maybe, you know, for me at least, I, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, lights out in bed at 10 o'clock on a Saturday night. I can promise you that. In fact, I wouldn't have been at the bar yet <laughs> at 21, you know, but those boys have the, their lights are out. I think they're on the Mark Stone plan because Mark was like this. Mark's lights were out 9, 30, 10 o'clock every night, like clockwork. Maybe in the summer, maybe in the summer, he'd be up late watching, you know, a baseball game or something like that till like 11. But like never. I saw and I saw him partying once once in the five years that he was there so i think they're on they're on the mark stone plan keep your you know what together be smart eat right go to bed sleep as a weapon yeah not only that but the upbringing that brady had it kind of exemplifies that just being around the pro game and and being the youngest of three athletes as well i mean matthew we know what he's doing but the reason why i'm talking about brady as well as this i heard he played a pretty pivotal role in setting up this whole event with uh with the hats yeah i mean he is um sorry he he did uh i'll just come back just you touched on something that uh that jogged a memory on Mother's Day, we had some type of interaction with him, you know, just, you know, casual, you know, on the street kind of thing. But I was thinking, I'm like, geez, I wish I had his mother's contact information. I'd send her a message and tell her what a great job she did on him. You know, he's an impressive young man, you know, like he really is. He, uh, he's articulate, he's considerate, he's thoughtful, and, you know, he gets it. And he can speak to the six-year-old or my... 42 year old wife who's a surgeon right and can engage anybody and everybody in between he's super impressive and as you mentioned he likes to get in the middle of things and was totally involved in this <laughs> he's a good sport like that and yeah so we texted him uh and said hey this is what we want to do and he's like okay yeah i'm in and uh i mean it's fairly low commitment level and so, yeah, my wife, when all the children started to show up on the front lawn and, you know, it went from five to 10 to 15 to like 20 kids, my wife called, you know, she's like, okay, we got to do this now before bylaw shows up. So who she called, she's like, Brady, okay, now let's go. And Brady's like, okay, no problem. I'll send him out. And sure enough, you know, the rest. Yeah. And, and the video was just so great, like because in, in these times, uh, you know, kids are stuck at home, ho homeschooling, you know, can't play organized sports. So the, the fact for them to get all together and do this kind of thing, what, what was the excitement like as everyone was heading to the house? Like describe that scene to us, like, you know, everyone's gathering up, like, are you guys like being quiet, like you're trying to surprise them or like, how did that all go? So, I mean, trying to keep 20 you know, three through 10 year olds quiet on front lawn, you know, is not easy. The powwow that we had beforehand so that everyone knew what to do and when was, was, uh, was fun. And then we had them go, we told them that they had to be ninja quiet, which is good for kids because they like ninjas. Uh, so they were ninja quiet. They ran along the front of the grass, you know, hung a right along the cedar hedge and went in quietly, well, quietly air quotes, uh, to the fence and, you know, we're ready for when they're, uh, the blur number two song yep. you know, or when that song came on, then, then they started yelling and screaming and throwing hats. That was their cue. 
And the key was that you didn't just have one hat per kid. How important was it to make it a spectacle and make sure everyone came locked and loaded? Well, so that's good. So that's a good question. We had uh, we had a minimum. The message that went out said we had to have a minimum of five hats per kid because we needed enough, you know, critical mass to, you know, as opposed to just, you know, two or three hats that go up and that's over. But so we needed hats, but people really took it to heart. <laughs> they brought lots of hats. Yeah. And I mean, when you get a chance to do something like that, uh, you really open up the closet and start looking for the hats. Now, I, I saw one kid uh, threw a hard hat over <laughs> over the fence. Actually, I didn't know. I think it didn't make it the first time and ended up hitting him in the head after. What, what was the story behind the hard hat? Was he was he just one hat short? And he's like, well, this will work. And that'll get me to five. Well, it's interesting. It's, uh, that was my uh, eldest son, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> And perhaps not a great parenting choice, but truthfully on the Twitter, the crowd loved it. That was the the second most notable thing to me. I saw two Mikel Bodker jerseys, which I think met, might be the only two ever made. So yeah. that one, that stood out <laughs> to me as well. Well, uh, uh, Bodker lived on our streets. There you go. That's how you, that's how you make some, uh, some fans for life for sure. For the record, great guy great guy very impressive uh his wife is awesome too master of science really uh, clinical nutrition super smart lady very impressive they're really nice people those podcasts that's awesome and when you when you get to meet uh nhl players as more people than rather just kind of fa- famous athletes you get you get to see a different side of them and obviously you saw that uh, with the three young boys there too so what so we got the lead up the event now take us through after the event like the kids must have just been absolutely hopped up on uh, adrenaline and excitement you must have had to play uh, a couple ninja games or maybe uh, wear them out with some road hockey after because that like they must have been on the moon from that so yeah there was actually um there was actually a game of tag that ensued afterwards with sort of half of the kids just for density reasons uh but that's sort of one of the only games you can really play in a socially distanced fashion you know um but i can tell you that everyone was jacked up to say the least i got a bunch of messages which were really nice from the parents saying you know my kids haven't smiled that much in a year thank you you know and That's and again awesome. we were just we were just having fun we just wanted to do something nice for our neighbor you know like this was this was created by all the kids and all the parents and and you know the the three guys next door and it just it was it's a good story that that uh took off and 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 i can tell you what they the sends last night dropped off 20 hats for all the kids and uh jimmy stew's uh agent from waterloo uh contacted me and said what's your address we're sending you stuff for the kids awesome now you're locked and loaded for timmy's next hat trick well hopefully there'll be fans there but uh if he if he gets one tonight then uh you're ready to go aren't you go we got we got 20 more hats to throw well, yeah. and I've already emptied my my bet online account because the good vibes that that situation created, I'm thinking they're going to roll that right in. Uh, oh, final question for me: We got to ask you about the team. I'm assuming you're a fan of the Senators as well. What's uh, your thought process here going into the off season after quite a solid finish to the year? I am a fan of the team. It's been a rough few years, no uh, doubt. When Mark was traded, that was that was a pretty tough day around here. Uh, again, side note, 
that morning, Mark was nice enough to get up early. The day was traded at 7.30 and take pictures with us and a bunch of, and a couple of the local kids at 7.30 on the biggest day of his career when he was traded to Vegas. Classy guy, that Mark Stone. So when Mark was dealt, that was tough for us and for, uh, I guess, for everybody, really. Uh, I struggled with the rebuild or believing in it anyways, but we've been watching this year and, you know, we're pretty excited. We actually watched, we watched everything this year, which is because, well, we're locked in at home, right? Like everybody else. And I think a lot of people, a lot of people did watch this year and they're an exciting bunch of kids. And I mean, they're having fun, right? And I've played sports. You guys probably played sports. You know, when a team that you're on, that you like each other and you're having a good time, that translates onto the field, right? Oh, so abs- absolutely. I am super bullish on this team. If it was a stock, I'd be buying. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's definitely a good idea. And I mean, it, it all stems from the top. I mean, we, we've we said it ourselves. Mark Stone really should have been the next captain of this team. But and I'm not going to call it a consolation prize, but Brady looks like he's going to be the next captain. And you can see that he's he's learned from the right people to how to do things the right way. And uh, as your Mark Stone story shows clearly there. Now, final question for me, Andy. Last game of the season up against the Leafs. What's your score prediction here? And do you think it's actually possible that Timmy could get a hat trick in this game too? <laughs> On home ice. That's what surprised me, Andy, is that I think 11 of his 12 goals this year have come on the road. It's just one of those strange stats. He scored some doozies this year too. He has, yeah. Scored some doozies. I like his ability to pass the puck too. In answer to your question, I mean, I think the playoff, everything's set for the playoffs, right? So yeah. I've got to think. What, this game's all about pride. It's all pride. Not only that, but imagine a week full of is Freddie Anderson the guy for game one if he gets lit up in his first game back tonight? That would be a nice little way to send the Leafs into a panic. I think the Sens are going to come to play, and I think the Leafs are going to take their foot off the gas, like, say, Boston did by resting, what, how many players? Yeah. 50 players? Right after so- Brandon <laughs> bet on them last night. Tough move, Pilsy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I like the Sens. Uh, if I had to choose a score, I, I'm going to go four-one. But I don't think Jimmy gets. I don't think Jimmy gets it. But I like Norris. Okay, oh. Norris. Norris, it is. If you're listening right now, so at least one of the backyard brothers will uh, will be able to get on the score sheet in your opinion tonight. But hey, that, that's awesome. We love what uh, what came out of that. What was really just an action among neighbors, which is how you described it. And it blew up into so much more than that. And you know what, in a year where I think everybody can use a smile, I know that brought one to every single person, not only just sense fans, we're seeing messages from people who couldn't care Leafs less fans. about exactly. And if you can put a smile on a Leafs fans face, I mean, you're really doing something incredible. And um, I mean, just keep the continued spirit and that's awesome. And, to Matthew and Nicholas, I mean, that's a moment that's going to stay with them for the rest of their lives. So I think with, I think with all those kids, it's going to stay no, with them, right? No question about that. And I love how they, you got the photo and just classic, just wearing pajamas and, and just as casual as it gets. So, I mean, that's something that uh, I, I retweeted yours and I said, hang this in the Canadian Tire Center. I think that would look great somewhere in there. But it just shows the future of this team is not only the young players, but the young fans as well. So to combine those into one, it was fantastic. So on behalf of Sens fans, I think we just want to say thank you for organizing that. Ah, 
it was our pleasure. We just try to, you know, things are tough these days. I think for a lot of people, as you were saying, and we were just trying to sort of change our narrative because online schooling is hard and we were just trying to do something nice for somebody. And this is what happens when you do something nice for somebody. It snowballs and it has an overall huge positive effect. So that's all we were trying to do is a good lesson for the boys. Stick tap to Andy for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at Andy Morrissey or just head to AdSense Central. We retweeted the video that started it all. And you mentioned to get a few views. Well, it's got 200,000 right now and counting. It was picked up by so many outlets. My main takeaway from that was how how it reached not only Stutzla's mom, but Stutzla's agent is going to send them some things. And it's just all stems from the kindness. And Another great piece of insight was why there's two Mikel Bodker jerseys, another neighbor in, in the community. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. Like, you get to know these players as, as people, not just uh, NHL athletes. So it, it's great, and especially, like, the age difference. I Obviously, there there is a gap, but, like, Brady, Josh, and Timmy, those are young guys. So, like, the kids are looking at these guys like older brothers, kind of. Like, that's kind of the relationship there. And they're going to remember that moment for the rest of their lives. And you've got – I forget how many kids showed there, uh, a dozen or so. You've got a dozen passionate Sens fans. Uh, I can guarantee you that will follow those players wherever they go, and they're going to love this team. So th- these are the kinds of community-building events – that happen naturally that are going to go such a long way for the culture of this team. Not only will Matthew and Nicholas be cheering on the sense tonight, but all those kids are going to be pointing at their TV, just like that Leo DiCaprio gif when they see Nora Stutzla and Brady. It's That's really my neighbor. They're going to have forever, especially, you know, right away as it happened tonight at the CTC, it sends it's leaves. Ottawa's played Toronto tough all year, although they did come up short in their last meeting. What's your key to success tonight for Ottawa to finish the season strong? This is it. This is the last game. Empty that tank. You got. You think full- that's on? Do you think that's on the whiteboard? Empty the tank. Yeah, I think so. And it's probably on the whiteboard for both teams because I remember the Leafs said they had to empty the tank game and they absolutely bombed it. <laughs> so the Senators are going to show them what it actually means to empty the tank. And Brady Kachuk is going to get the Frank the Tank celebration going when he's emptying it too. This I'm so fired up for this game, guys. Like I, I emptied the betonline.ag account. It's all going on tonight so I can have a nice boost for playoffs. The Sens, and I actually think that 6-1 loss is perfect for this because if they keep rolling, then they still, they're confident, you know, they're not on their heels. Now you just, you just got a little slice of humble pie there from the Calgary flames, a six, one beatdown. So you can't bring that same attitude, that same energy level. And Brady Kachuk talked about it. He wants to show this community. He's got 12 kids knocking on his door and he wants to make sure that he's doing them proud. And that's exactly what he's going to lead this team into tonight. But it would just look real nice to finish the season off with a win against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ottawa having a very inexperienced back end. Don't overthink the moment. Don't see number 34 in white and think back to his four-goal debut or how much of a sniper he is or Marner tying his skates during the play. If you're a young Senators defenseman, just focus on what you can control. I think when Ottawa's had their most success this year, they're not worried about anything the opposition is doing. They're worried about playing their game the right way. And if they can do that tonight, I think they have a great opportunity to play spoiler and really 
maybe getting the heads of a Leafs team going into the playoffs. I think that should be motivation enough. And you're fighting for that last look from this brass going into a, a wild off season here where it's a flat cap and there's going to be a lot of movement. I think this off season, a lot of draft picks being thrown around to take contracts. And that just means that the landscape's going to change. So how badly do you want to be a part of the future in Ottawa? If I'm a bottom six forward, if I'm a guy getting an opportunity like Logan Brown or, or Parker Kelly, this is it. There's no, next game this year in in terms of nhl action so i'm looking for ottawa to not only empty the tank but play their game don't go in to what the leafs want you to do one thing that i'm watching for tonight is special teams the leafs power play if you can believe it pilsey is one of the worst in the national hockey league over the past 20 odd games now ottawa's penalty kill to contrast that They're one of the top teams. Ottawa's PK is top five in the National Hockey League, whereas Toronto, I'm pulling up the stats right now, in their last 30 games, their power play is five for 71, which for the Leafs, like think about how much talent and how much salary is on that power play. Five for 71 since March 4th. That is a big time yikes. And especially if you're the Leafs heading into the playoffs, like, that's that's when you need to pounce on teams when you've got the power play and you've got hundred million dollars on the ice trying to score a goal. So that's massive for them. I'm I'm gonna be my lookout player for the Toronto Maple Leafs goes right to the crease. I mean, this is a this is we talked about pivotal moments for Sens players. Freddie Anderson, this is a pivotal career moment for him. His deal is up after this. He's been kind of a no-show this season. Jack Campbell's taking the reins over. They had to acquire David Riddick just to have a backup backup. And he's just coming off two games in the Marlies. I don't think he won either of them. And I think he gave up four goals in both of them. So that's not exactly confidence instilling. And he's going to be up against a Sens team that has nothing to lose, right? Like they're going to be, they're going to be pouncing on him. So I want to see the first five minutes. I think we're really going to see what Freddie Anderson's feeling like. So I want to see the Sens pepper him with shots right away. Okay. I don't want to be the bearer of bad news, but we are stats guys here, and it would be remiss not to mention everyone talks about Dry Saddle McDavid. They both set one and two in franchise history for most points in a single season against the Ottawa Senators. Well, Austin Matthews has a chance to be third on that list if he gets one point tonight. Austin Matthews has 16 points in eight games this year against Ottawa. So I'm going to be safe to say looking out. For Austin Matthews, number 34, like a goal per game against Ottawa. But, hey, it's not the only team he's a goal per game against. This kid, his shot is absolutely ridiculous. Marner has 14 points in eight games against Ottawa this year. Remember, the record coming into this season was Owen Nolan with 16 points. So now McDavid and Drysdale each have 21, and Matthews already has 16 with a game to spare. But if you just worry about locking – and this is going to be a huge test for Nikita Zaitsev. Like – He used to play with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner. Now he's going to be very much responsible for shutting them down. Victor Mete included in that as well. So I don't think I'm uh, surprising anybody, but look out when number 34 is on the ice. And for me, my locked on player tonight is Tim Stutzla. Like he's in the news now. He's in the stories. Like let's see how he's going to finish the year. I think there's going to be a little something extra to his game tonight with that in the back of his head. You know, you want to end off the year strong and all that, but for the moment and and just the the emotions from scoring a hat trick to being blown out 
to coming back home to that celebration. I'm really curious to see how he responds. And an honorable mention for me is Parker Kelly because we've loved what we saw from his game in Belleville. Like his first 21 games in Belleville, he had one point and was not good. Since then, he has been a solid penalty killer. He's been noticeable every game. He, he lays hits, he shoots, and he's going to be an honorable mention for me in this final game. Yeah, that's a great one. I think there's not many guys, maybe Nick Paul, Connor Brown, that are more DJ Smith guys. Like he's going to endear himself to that coach for sure. Oh, and he's yeah. got a big chance here. So love the Parker Kelly one. And I'm going to be going with his centerman. Logan Brown is going to be my locked on player. This is such a big moment for him. And it's just one game. So it's we're blowing it out of proportion, maybe a little bit. But this is a guy we talked about at the start of the season as possibly being a number one center playing with the best guys on the team. And then health happened, poor play, more bad health. And then he's finally picked it up here with uh, stringing along a couple assists. He scored a goal and assist in Belleville. Like, He's he's ready to have an opportunity here and he needs to make good of it. And there's no reason why he can't succeed. We just praised Parker Kelly for what he can do. Alex Formanton is an incredible guy to have on your line as a centerman. So Logan Brown, I've got some expectations for him tonight. And DJ Smith said it when asked, what does Logan Brown need to do to stick in the NHL? Play with pace. That's something Logan Brown struggles with in the AHL. So it's it's ramped up big time in the NHL. So he's going to have to pick up the pace a lot. Stops and starts is a big thing. Watch him when the play gets turned over, whether it's an offensive or defensive turnover. How quick can he switch to the other side of the puck? That's what we're going to be watching for tonight. At 8 p.m., we should say, 8 p.m. Eastern, start time tonight. You can follow along with us at Send Central. It's going to be an emotional show tomorrow, Pilsy. We're going to be wrapping up the 2021 NHL season for your Ottawa Senators, one that started slow and ended with everyone wanting more. Well, Next season can't come soon enough. We're your home five days a week, all through until the end of free agency when we'll go down to three, but that's long in the horizon. We're still here every day. For Brandon Pillar, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been your Locked On Senators podcast, your team every day.